Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into another episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, just shout out to everybody who's been listening, who's been supporting the podcast, and uh, yeah, so shout out to all 120 of y'all. Uh, I appreciate y'all listening, I appreciate y'all sharing it, and um, yeah, nothing but much love and respect to you guys. Um, sorry about the wait, uh, just was processing a few things. It's, far as what's happening lately and uh just working on some different things outside of the podcast and working on some things to help elevate the podcast to uh new levels and you know bigger and better things and trying to get some merchandise ready for y'all so i guess uh first things first uh we'll start with that good old summer jam screen and before we get into the heavy deep stuff uh we're just gonna keep it on a light note and uh we'll start with the nba free agency so you know last week was pretty much a madhouse um for uh, free agents all across the league there were some big signings as we all know uh, what happened but uh let's just run through uh the list of some quote-unquote elite players uh so i guess the first thing is uh demar DeRozan. everybody was saying he was gonna go over to la and all this other bullshit but uh it looks like he stayed up in toronto uh five years almost 140 million so that's not a bad you know paycheck right there so not bad at all uh looks like hassan whiteside he stayed in miami i believe and then uh d wade uh he finally made a decision and he's going home to chicago so i think he struck the same deal that lebron did when he went back home i think it's still a two-year deal with that player option you know after that second year and then you had uh bill you know the two guard from the wizards he stayed with the wizards signed the max deal at uh five years 130 m's and then uh big al jefferson he's heading to the pacers you know from the hornets uh three year um what was that three year 30 million something like that um and then andre drummond who was a double double machine uh he decided to stay in detroit for a max five-year deal 130 m's and with the economy in detroit every check that andre drummond gives he better cash that quickly and right away just how poor detroit is you know deposit that right away hopefully none of them checks bounce but i don't know how detroit gonna come up with that kind of money um they have poor attendance at the games and the local economy is poor but i guess they gonna figure out something to pay that man so he wouldn't have signed it if he didn't uh, figure out a way so evan turner uh he was a standout star in boston uh he's heading to portland he's about to get paid for four years uh 75 million and then uh chandler parsons this was surprising he left dallas for memphis for a four-year deal at 95 million and then uh your man's uh dwight i love preteen girls howard he's going down to uh hotlanta uh for three years and he's about to get about 70 million down there and uh that's a little bit odd, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Mike Conley, uh, he's uh, still with Memphis. He finessed them out of $153 million for five years. I don't know how he pulled that off, but that was an ultimate finesse because I feel like he's not an elite point guard, but I, mean, I guess he's creeping up into that list just because uh, the Memphis uh, Grizzlies is a you know, small market, but they are a beast in the West. Uh, they do give teams hell, even though they get you know knocked out in that first round, but you know they do give teams hell. And then uh, Joaquin Noah, he's going to join Derrick Rose in New York, four years for uh, 72 M's. You know, if he stays healthy, he'll definitely make some, uh, you know, he'll make it hard for a lot of, a lot of fours and fives in the East. So that's, that's a pretty good look right there. Um, and if Derrick Rose can stay healthy and, you know, if he can average, you know, anywhere between 18 to 25 points, you know, with Melo taking all those shots, you know, um, 
I think it's going to open up for Derrick Rose if he stays healthy just because how much attention that Melo draws. So, um, and then moving on, you see uh, Luau Dang, which is weird, is heading to the Lakers for four years, 72 M's, uh, 72 million. And then Al Horford, he's going to Boston, four years, 113 million. Uh, I thought he would always be down there in Atlanta. thought he liked it down there, but... Uh, I guess Dwight Howard's going to take that spot. And then uh, one of the big moves was Harrison Barnes. You know, he didn't show up in the NBA Finals this past season. But he's heading to Dallas. Uh, four years, uh, $95 million, uh, which isn't bad for him. And then um, and that was all contingent upon, you know, if they could get, you know, KD. And it, it obviously, you know now that the Warriors did get KD. Um, let's see here. Rajon Easy Dimes Rondo, he's heading to Chicago with D Wade for two years, 28 M's. Um, if he can keep his attitude right and, you know, and uh, get along with the coach and the coaching staff, other players, he should be okay. And then, uh, let's see here. Uh, Pal Gasol, he's heading to the Spurs, which supposedly. Um, two years, 30 M's. I don't know if the deal is complete yet, but, uh, you know, Timmy D did retire, so they waived him, kind of free up some uh, space, even though it won't ele- won't be make him eligible to be signed with the Spurs, but since they, you know, since he technically retired, but they did waive him off the roster, so they can kind of finagle some moves, you know, with that extra space as far as the actual physical roster. Um, then you had... Uh, um, David West, I just want to ring, win a ring. He's uh, taking the one-year vet uh, minimum again, but this time with the Warriors, which is, I thought he was going to be a spur again, you know, because he, he did do a great job. This past season, I felt like Pop didn't use, utilize him a lot, but uh, this man is just chasing the ring, which is obvious. And then you got uh, KD, Kevin Durant, the Durantula. Went to the Warriors. Uh, he struck up that uh, that good old uh, LeBron James deal, two years, uh, fifty-four million, and has that player option. You know, after the second year, to do what the hell he wants to do. Um, so I get like I get the feeling that the Warriors are going to look like you know the um, what was it the 03, 04 maybe uh, Lakers when they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton who was out there ring chasing. It was the last year Shaq was there, man. Yeah, and they got uh, knocked out by, um, so I think that was 03. So, yeah, they got knocked out by the Detroit Pistons. So, um, it's going to be very odd this uh, this upcoming season, especially seeing somebody like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You got three sharpshooters, and I don't know how they're going to share the ball because somebody out of those three is going to have to take less shots. And I doubt that it's going to be KD and uh, Steph. So Clay Thompson may, you know, turn into Chris Bosh, you know, when once the season starts, you know, as far as, you know, playing the back burner and just being kind of a, um, a smokescreen for uh, defensive schemes of the opposing teams and freeing up the other two guys. But Clay does put up some quality shots, even though he's a gunner. I feel like he takes better shots than Steph. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I know a lot of people were shitting on um kevin durant just uh by the decision he made especially you know going to a team that beat you to get to the finals you know a team you were up 3-1 and you lost you know three in a row for them to go you know for warriors to go to um the nba finals and then for the warriors to blow a 3-1 lead against the cleveland uh, cavaliers so it's very odd uh kd received a lot of hate um not as much hate as lebron did I think people were just shocked, you know, for LeBron to leave Cleveland and going down to uh, going down to South Beach. But if you remember, they didn't really try to give uh, get LeBron any help. And I think what was it? Um, one one year they even tried to get him Shaq, an aging Shaq, and that was just sad seeing Shaq play with the Cavs. That was very very sad. Um, but uh, this is this is different. This I feel like this decision is a lot more selfish, just because Bosch and LeBron went down to Florida to basically you know try to build something and you know build a super team. But it seems like Kevin Durant is joining a super team. He's joining a team that went seventy three and nine during the regular season and made it all the way to the NBA Finals. So that's just 
saying, you know, I want to, I really want to ring. But then it's like, you're still, you're going to dim your star to play second or even maybe third. But I don't know how the dynamics is going to work. Like I said before, you know, Clay might not, you know, let his star dim and become that third option. You know, KD might be the third option. Um, but yeah, going, going to California to get a ring and, you know, he's going to be a very hated man once they have that first game in OKC in Oklahoma City. But, um, you know, you have to wish him the best. Um, I know for me, my Spurs, this is going to be a rebuilding season, definitely, just because uh, our anchor retired. But I'll talk about that later. But, yeah, that's NBA free agency for you. Um, a lot of big moves. A lot of teams are going to look a little bit different. And, um and then I seen something just now about the NBA made a rule change as far as <clears throat> excuse me as far as fouling in the final two minutes of the game. It'll result uh, like if you foul somebody off the ball, it'll result in uh, one free throw for the team, and they'll get ball possession. So that might might change up things a little bit. Um, yeah, so it'll be break break out like a like a technical foul. So. NBA is doing some things a little bit different, but uh, we'll see how it works. Um, we'll see what happens. I feel like the Warriors will have a rebuilding year. I know they, they're definitely not going to go 73 and 9 again or uh, fucking, uh, you know, uh, 74 and 8. They're not going to do that next season. It's going because, I mean, you're just going to have to figure out the chemistry, especially bringing in such a dynamic scorer like KD who can score inside and outside mid-range long range in the paint so we'll see how that dynamic works I think it's gonna be a shit show like when they brought Carl Malone and Gary Payton to the to the Lakers but hey whatever it can do to help my Spurs you know be great in the West so that's all I really have to say about that and then uh I guess moving on I guess you know I have to talk about these shootings that happen i really don't you know people was asking me um you know i got a couple of snapchat messages um a few text messages from people you know wanting me to do a emergency podcast right away to you know speak on what happened and you know i'm not at a loss for words it's just we this been happening the only thing new is the technology that is the only thing new so i guess starting with this brother uh alton sterling um, down south uh, this, this young man became another hashtag He was selling CDs outside of a store As always And uh, he was gunned down by a couple of race soldiers These weren't cops These were race soldiers You know, um, Cops do their jobs These guys, they didn't do their jobs But um, The state is an open carry state um, You know, it's permitted without a permit You know, if you have at least If you're at least 17 but, uh, you know, he had a concealed weapon on him, you know, it was in his pocket um, in the original reports. Because from the first video you saw from the cop, uh, not from the cops, but from the uh, people that was, you know, adjacent or parallel to the actual incident. You know, they kind of dropped the camera down once the shot started firing. And so they thought that was the only view of it. So they uh, talk about he, you know, Alton had a gun in his pocket. Um, he was going for it. Uh, yada 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 but then lo and behold somebody had a second angle and from that second angle you can see uh one cop is clearly sitting on top of him you know knees in his in his gut right on top of him pressed his arms can't get to his gun at all he's not reaching for nothing he's just trying to wiggle out of having you know a big ass man on your chest and you know they just let the shots fire executed him right there directly point blank range four shots you know, taking that man's life, and you thought that was it, um, nope, going up to Minnesota, and then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, then you had Philando Castile, uh, you know, murdered up in Minnesota by a race soldier, um, his lady, she, uh, she was smart, she live-streamed it, even though, you know, it was painful to watch, she live-streamed it on Facebook, you know, and, uh, told the story right there, cool, calm, and collected, um, she was, uh, you know, she basically, you know, right there were, while her, you know, her longtime boyfriend was there dying, uh, in front of her and her child, their child, um, you know, she, she, she stayed calm, you know, she didn't give that, she didn't give that cop a reason to shoot her, you know, they asked for his, 
his ID and everything, and he told the cop, you know, right up front, hey, I got a concealed carry permit, I have a weapon in the car, and, you know, he's going for his going for his ID, and, you know, the, the cop just unloaded on him, you know, scared the death out of his life, and that wasn't a cop, it was a race soldier, just being that damn fearful, pulling somebody over, and she live-streamed it, the video went viral, and, uh, all of a sudden they took her phone because you know maybe they thought she was just recording or whatever and then they held her for a long time i think i, I don't even think she got her phone back but you know up you know uploading it live <clears throat> she uh she was smart about it which sucked just to be in that position because you know most folks would be freaking out and then that would give that cop a reason to shoot her you know killing her in front of her daughter so um you know the devil was busy at work he was he was busy last week and um and then somebody was so fed up the young man uh michael xavier johnson got so fed up um you know he spoke the language of his oppressors you know the language of violence uh, the language of an eye for an eye and after you saw that you know the national media outlets you know started changing the narratives of what was happening it's like now it's time to have an open dialogue let's have a discussion you know we can't have people retaliating against cops and all this other nonsense they tried to link him to uh the black lives matter movement they tried to link him to the new black panthers they tried to link him to the nation of islam by calling him uh, micah x and his middle name is xavier and uh he told the cops uh supposedly uh that he wasn't part of any movement he was acting alone and uh, he was just fed up he was fed up with black lives matter he was fed up with the police and he was fed up with this uh system of injustice um that black folks were facing and pr- probably all people were facing and uh you know he acted alone and he ended up taking the lives of a few cops and then it also was revealed uh, a couple of sites uh melanoynation.org and another site uh, revealed that one of the cops was a uh, was a race soldier disguised as a cop. You know, they brought up his Facebook page and they seen, uh, you know, uh, pages that he liked was a far right wing, which is another code for a white supremacist or a suspected white supremacist. But he can't even say suspected because he was because he had uh, pages where he liked Nazis things. Um, even a right wing uh, or a white nationalist website. That was the other website. They identified him, you know, as one of their own. You know, from the shaved head to the uh, tattoos to the pages that he liked on Facebook. So, I mean, it is what it is in this type of situation. So, as soon as that happened with uh, Mika Johnson uh, killing the cops, and then the cops were having a dialogue with him, and then they just sent the robot in with a bomb or a drone and blew him up right there in the parking garage during the standoff. Um, Pete, we saw the live video. Of some of the cops, you know, being shot at, and uh, he, I think he hit 11 of them, injured 11, and uh, killed five. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you know, people want to know my take on it, and just like I said in the beginning, uh, you know, he, excuse me, he got so fed up that he started, you know, speaking the language of his oppressors, you know, um, the language of violence and the eye for an eye, and now the narrative is kind of changing as far as this is what we need to do you know let's have an open dialogue let's uh we need better communication between you know cops and the communities that that they uh, serve and then uh, black folks can do more uh to help these cops and the cops are stretched too thin um i don't know how you can stretch a cop too thin maybe working overtime and things of that sort um you know the chief of police down there in dallas was talking about they need to get more people of color you know on the police force but you know you and i know if you've actually been out here in these streets you know these black cops is 10 times worse than these white cops more worse or whatever you want to say than these white cops because they're trying to prove you know to their uh their superiors that they can be just as tough on you know black folks as you know the next white cop so they'll be 10 times harder you know um it's it's not a game out here um people are celebrating this like it's a like it's a victory for black folks and it's fucking not it's it's not what he did in retaliation was you know one man acting alone he doesn't speak for everybody out here and um you know it's just 
that situation is just going to make it 10 times harder on black men out here. It is. Um, you know, even though it, the only thing that I see change was the mainstream media, um, the only thing that this is going to do is instill more fear in the white folks and it's going to make black men and black women, you know, because they're creeping up on that list too, you know, as uh, people being murdered or lynched, legally lynched by police. And so it's just going to make it 10 times harder. You, you have to be on eggshells um, and it, 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 it sucks. You know, um, so many people are all about that eye for an eye action. But now that it now that it's happened, nobody's willing to, you know, speak honestly about the consequences of what's going to happen from here on out. Um, there's so many black folks out here wondering what's the next step. What do we do? We need a quick fix and all this other stuff. But there's no quick fix for tackling uh, white supremacy. There's no quick fix you know to deal with this police brutality you know the only thing that we can do and it's a long-term fix it's it's a way of life you know we really have to stay on our you know stay on our p's and q's and get on this code of conduct you know we really have to start you know as far as <clears throat> circulating our money between ourselves uh, we have to build a parallel economy that's like the first thing that we need to do we need to stop thinking about you know right now we got to think think about the future you know we have to think about our kids coming up we don't want them growing up in this type of environment so how do we change that well you already i've, I've given the blueprint on how to change that and how to deal with these injustices and um you know one of the things i even said <clears throat> was going to the u.n about what's going on and you know they did they wrote an article talking about they condemn the u.s about what's going on and it's getting so bad race relations is <clears throat> right now in the u.s that other countries you know are warning their citizens about coming here to the states you know uh it's so bad here that the bahamas issued a warning to people more particularly you know their men who travel to the states to use extreme caution when dealing with the police and to not get involved in these rallies because they know that the police are on edge especially since uh this mika johnson incident that you know they're going to shoot first ask questions later you know we thought it was bad before we're going to see that it's going to get worse and uh we just seen um a young man forgot his name uh just get killed uh, in the middle of the street it was it the day after what happened with mika johnson uh down there in dallas uh, it was somewhere i believe down south uh, they said the young man had a gun and uh, they shot him like 10 times three times in the head in the middle of the street the footage leaked and you've seen that the man had his hands up while they executed him in the middle of the street and it was a revenge killing i honestly believe that so that's what's going to keep going on so We'll have a few more killings and, you know, somebody else is going to be influenced by Mika Johnson and it could turn out into, you know, a goddamn civil war and it's going to get ugly. It, it is going to get ugly before it gets better unless we know how to combat this system of white supremacy and we do know how to do it. You have to do it with your dollars. And you have to do it with your influence. You know, that's what it boils down to. But going back to what I said about the U.N., you know, they, they wrote a statement condemning the U.S. And, you know, they're wagging their fingers at Uncle Sam. And the U.N. needs to do some sanctions or something against the U.S. We need to bring it to a world court. But as you know, pretty much the U.S. rules the world. And we don't know how much influence that the U.S. has over the U.N. So what do you do? You can't. How do you big brother, big brother? So that's the question is at hand. And, you know, black folks, we really have to help ourselves in this situation. That's what I honestly believe that we have to help ourselves. It's not talking about the bootstrap logic, but we really do have to be there for each other. And we really have to start voting in blocks. You know, everybody is up here um, hooting and hollering and, you know, clapping because Bernie Sanders right now is supporting Hillary Clinton, dropping out, you know, on the Democratic side. And it looks like a setup for me personally that, you know, we got Trump running on the Republican ticket, you know, spewing this this horrible racist rhetoric. And it, it feels like it's going to be a cakewalk for Hillary to get into the House, you know, get into the White House. But remember what she said when she was confronted by uh, a BLM member who was asking her about, you know, what she plans on doing as far as black folks and helping out. Uh, changing policies, you know, to reverse the mass incarceration and to um, basically stop these legal lynchings that's going on. 
and she, you know, Hillary got frustrated, didn't want to hear that black shit, and basically told the woman, like, what are you going to do? You do something about it. So that just shows you where her interest is with us. So that's why I say we have to help ourselves. You know, we have to build up our economy, and we have to start getting these politicians in our back pocket. That's what it boils down to. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Dr. Claude Anderson laid out the blueprint for us a couple decades ago, actually. You know, back in the mid-90s. You know, he was doing the powernomics um, seminars and things of that sort. And you see that our parents follow that blueprint. Not all of them. Not at all. So it's up to us to really, you know, start pushing this forward. And we really have to start thinking about our kids, you know, the little ones, you know, below us. We really have to start thinking about them. And we have to stop being so damn petty online, you know, trying to repair these broken adults. You know, I seen something online where there was a, a gay man uh, shitting on Sandra Bland, a gay black man shitting on Sandra Bland um, because she said something about, she. I think she was critical of the Black Lives Matter movement, maybe something. She was critical of some movement being co-opted and turning into, you know, uh, what about black trans, what about black gays, and all this other stuff. And the equator, or, you know, the deciding factor is black. It's the, the same factor is black. Black. They're not killing you because you're gay. They're not killing you because you're trans. You know, you're being legally lynched because you're black. The color of your skin, you can see right up coming from a mile away that you're black. And so she said something along those lines that, you know, uh, being queer is a choice, but being black isn't. You know, maybe she misspoke, but this this gay guy was just going on a rant talking about, you know, uh, fuck that dead bitch and all this other crazy shit online. And you go to this guy's profile and this guy has, you know, on Twitter about, you know, 4,500 followers, 4,500 people following him. And that's very dangerous to speak like that. But then that also gives you. And uh, a sense of the past when uh, you had Brother Malcolm and uh, Brother Martin trying to fight the good fight. And, you know, the whole movements were co-opted and the Black Panther movement was co-opted. You know, you had so many people there uh, pretending to be part of the movement. And, you know, you've seen how easily it was co-opted, you know, for COINTELPRO, uh, the counterintelligence program to, you know, succeed in these movements. So, and that's what got black leaders so scared today because of what happened to uh, the Panthers, Martin, Malcolm. That's why we really don't have a black leader because, you know, the FBI, CIA has plans in place because, um, who's that, J. Edgar Hoover really didn't want another black messiah is what he called it, you know, to disrupt, you know, the system that we had in place, which is, they call it capitalism, you know, but it's capitalism, but it's really just disguised as, is. Is white supremacy described disguised as capitalism? And that's what it breaks down to. So, and you have very dangerous people out there like that, um, like that young man who has so many followers, and just spewing his hate out in public. You know, and he's talking about that. You know, we have to respect the gays and the trans and things like that. And <clears throat> black folks don't have a problem with gay folks, black gays or black trans. I mean, everybody that I know got some got some gay uncle in the family or some lesbian auntie nobody nobody judges that person you know everybody want to talk about how homophobic the black community is but the black community is all about church and you look at the choir director and you know he's flaming more than some hot cheetos so it's it's like how do you say that you know and it's it's one of those things where i feel like people are scared to take on uh, white supremacy head on so they want to you know they want to engage in this intellectual masturbation like i talked in the last show talking back and forth you know arguing back and forth and wasting time instead of the goal of replacing this system of white supremacy with a system of justice black folks don't want revenge they just want justice that's it we want the constitution to work like how it's supposed to work and we want the justice system we want lady justice to actually be blind <clears throat> blind excuse me and not peeking up under that blinder that she has on the blindfold so and with that young man speaking like that it reminds me at the beginning of uh the ballot or the bullet the speech that malcolm x did with christian ministers when he was talking about you know i'm a, I'm a muslim 
you know, my religion is Islam, your religion is Christianity, we're both ministers of different religions, but they're not killing us because I'm a Muslim, well now they will, but back then he said, you know, they were not killing me because I'm a Muslim, they're not killing you because you're a Christian, they're killing you because you're black, so right now we're going to sit our religions to the side, and we're going to talk about black nationalism, and how we're going to get justice for our people. And that's what it boils down to. But so many times when you have these uh, quote unquote Black Lives Matters rallies and things like that, it just turns into, you know, what about black men that like the color purple? You know, black women that like striped colored lamps. You know, what about them? What about the justice for them? Say their names. But if we all got on the same page and the same code of conduct, we wouldn't have these problems. We'd be able to defend, you know, the justice system or whatever system that we have in place well the system of justice will be able to defend all fronts you know the brothers who like the color purple the women who like the striped lamps you know just all black folks it's just all under that blanket but nobody seems to understand that everybody wants their agenda pushed to the forefront is me 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 and we're not thinking about the next generation you know so you know the steps that we have to take already i've laid it out a million times before and we know what we have to do there's no quick fix you know mika johnson he thought that a quick fix would be to take and take some lies of some cops that's not that's not it it's not gonna work <clears throat> and then you got people on facebook who's up here just cooning it up you know I, I seen like four or five videos of black folks telling you how to act when you're being stopped by a damn cop and it looks like a fucking police state people are talking about um you know beforehand always drive with your uh with your wallet on the dashboard um keep a clear binder or a folder with all your information in it and all this other bullshit if a cop is approaching my vehicle and he's that damn nervous for stopping me he doesn't need to be a cop and that's not a cop it's a race soldier if you that fucking scared of me and you got on all this gear and all these weapons on you and you that fucking scared you don't need to be a fucking cop and i don't need to do all this crazy bullshit you know to to know that i'm gonna come home safe you know i'm not talking about being dumb or some shit you know riding around with a fucking handgun on my dashboard but when it comes when it gets to the point where folks are making seven eight minute videos talking about what they need to do during a traffic stop so they can get home that's when you know you're in a police state you know, when you have to compromise who you are as a man, as a woman, that's that that's not living. It's just like when I talked about <clears throat> the article, excuse me, uh, way back when, I don't know, about 10, 20 shows ago about the black men who dress up to the nines because they don't want white folks looking at them like they're thugs or uh, rappers or some shit like that. They don't want to offend white folks like this is your fucking life. So you up here spending all this money to look like a goddamn you know senator and all this other shit but just you know 40 50 years ago black folks was dressed to the nines but hanging from trees so you you tell me what's going on and catching water hoses and getting the hell beat out of them dressed in their sunday's best you know so we know the system of white supremacy works on a system of i say so and so for us to replace that system you know, with a system of justice, black folks, we have to take care of each other. I know you guys are feeling all warm and fuzzy, you know, having the, the white folks march with you and, you know, shouting out Black Lives Matter. But, you know, your black ass has got to do some work. You really have to put in that work. And what is that work? That work is basically starting businesses and then just harassing your congressmen, your congresswomen, your local politicians. And, you know, pulling your money together and pulling your votes together, start changing policies. So as we start talking about um, changing policies, <clears throat> give me a second. Let me uh, read something really, really fucking quick. Let me see if I can pull it up. All right. So let me see here. I got it pulled up. So uh, Governor uh, Pat McCrory, uh signed uh, HB 972 into law. And uh, that's the governor of North Carolina. So it's a law making police cam footage no longer public record. So you see, you see how they just basically hoodwinked folks. Everybody a few years back when uh, Mike Brown got killed, may rest in peace. Everybody's talking about what well, we need body cam footage. We need body cams on everybody. If we had body cams, we would know what really happened. And you see how they're basically playing the game now. So uh, the governor basically said that my goal is to protect those who protect us. 
It's better to have rules and guidelines with all this technology, see that, than no rules and guidelines whatsoever. So remember how I said before that, you know, technology and the internet is the wild, wild west. It's pretty much open to any and everybody. So he said it's better to have rules and guidelines with all this technology. And what's the technology? Us recording and, you know, documenting every single thing that a cop does during a stop. So then what's the next step? This is why a lot of folks, you know, talk about uh, a lot of the right wingers, white nationalists talk about we need a smaller government. Everything needs to be a state issue, because, like I said, in a few uh, episodes ago, they want to build that white utopia, you know, that'll basically, you know, ban this, that and a third and bring back Jim Crow and, you know, let the cops be, quote unquote, race soldiers. So. It's, it's crazy so the next thing you know that they're going to do is uh you know try to ban folks from recording uh you know police encounters so he's basically just saying that only certain people can access this footage and i feel like once once black folks get their economy to game together and you know get the jobs going for themselves it needs to turn into let's take on these police unions that's what i feel is something you know we need to get a politician in our back pocket to take on these police unions because these police unions are you know they operate like the mob you know it's uh they operate like the mob like uh it's disgusting it's one of those things where you know if they kill somebody they give them like a week couple weeks maybe even up to a month for them to get their story together and it's and it doesn't make any sense for the cops to be investigating themselves so another thing that we need is like an independent auditor we used to have one here in omaha and that woman used to catch hell from the police you know everybody used to go down there and tell her all these complaints and all this other shit and then lo and behold once we had the mayoral race all of a sudden we city didn't have any money for her you know for her to keep continue to do her job you know the independent police auditor and uh you know that's that's something that's just crazy so right now we have in north carolina the governor signing into law that you know uh public it's not public record anymore for police cam footage and then uh we had down in uh, louisiana was it louisiana i believe it was in louisiana that um you know they signed over the uh, blue lives matter bill basically saying that uh it's a hate crime if you do anything against the cops and they can you know attack on more times which is very fucked up because being a cop is an occupation it's not something that you're born into you know like being black being white being you know native american whatever whatever your race or ethnicity is you know being discriminated because of that or sexuality this is something that you choose honestly you choose to be a you know an officer of the law but now they're making that a hate crime as opposed to protecting uh black folks out here in these streets who's being shot down and murdered so you see how this is working you see how these police unions you know they probably hollered at McElroy or whatever and this uh this governor said that he was motivated by the uh the killings you know of the well he was motivated by the controversial police officer involved shootings in louisiana minnesota and the terror in texas that unfolded after the black lives matter march and uh you guys can look this up yourself um if you go to abc11.com and that's the uh, north carolina excuse me that's the north carolina you know local news website uh for raleigh i believe and this law is going to affect pretty quickly it's going to affect on august 1st i mean october 1st so um this is uh this is uh this is very it's very suspect and uh one of the uh, awake county sheriff he's back in the move and he said a lot of groups think we should show everything from start to finish and we just can't do it and that's very suspect right there and that's an official quote you know from a, a county sheriff saying we can't you know show everything we should show everything from start to finish and we just can't do it because a lot of these murders caught on you know body cam or caught on dash cam they're fucking illegal you know all it is is legalized lynching that's it you know so um yeah that's uh that's something uh that's something a little shady then they also said that the uh, governor established something called the blue alert system which is to help catch anyone who attends on attacking or harming a public safety official yeah so it's, they, they're really trying to combat everything 
And then you got to look at the jig, you know, how I said they were trying to uh, get uh, Mika Johnson, you know, in with different uh, black groups. Uh, now they're using, they're trying to say that they want Black Lives Matter as a, they want that as a fucking, uh, you know, as on the watch list as a terrorist group and all this other nonsense. And, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter is, is, is slowly but surely just going to morph. It's going to just include all black folks. And that's what it is. That's what it, that's what it's going to be. Um, that's what they're going to try to label everybody, you know, every black person under if they get that. And then I even seen the tax stone was tweeting that how, you know, they might even try to hit a black lives matter with the Rico law, something like that. But, you know, even if they don't hit them with the Rico, they'll hit them in one of those uh, all in charges. You know what I'm saying? So if black lives matter turns into a terrorist group or something like that, you have to you have to look at the long game. So now. You know, basically, you're going to how to uh, stop black folks for anything on the mil- in the street. You know, they could use Black Lives Matter as, you know, as uh, the scapegoat. Hey, I think you look like you're part of Black Lives Matter. You got on a T-shirt with a black fist on it. You got on red, black and green. Um, you, I don't like the way that you're looking at me. I, I feel like that you're part of Black Lives Matter. You know, because beforehand, they would just stop you, harass you to the point that they'd be like, put your hands behind your back. You're like, what, what am I arrested for? What am I being detained for? Uh, you're resisting arrest. You're being arrested for resisting arrest. You know, that's that was the jig. That's still the jig right now. So if they get Black Lives Matter as a terrorist group, then it's just going to, you know, it's just going to boom and escalate and you're going to have, you know, more black folks locked up left and right. So we really have to get our political game on point. That's what the fuck we really need to do. Get our political game on point and get our capital game game on point. Capital is in money. Uh, you know, we really have to start being capitalist in a capitalistic society. And everybody's talking about they don't have money for this, that, and the third. But everybody can, uh, rent, you know, round up a few dollars for some bullshit, you know. So, the money is there. You know where it's at. And you know you need to just start pulling your money together. And, you know, we need, really need to start trusting each other. Because we putting too much damn trust in these damn cops out here in the middle of these streets. And, you know, uh, they're gunning us down. You know, everybody want to talk about there's still good cops out there. But what are the good cops doing to combat the bad cops? You know, it's, you know, I've, I've deleted many a people off my friends list. Uh, going back to uh, this all, you know, this all started with the Trayvon Martin thing. So, and then, uh, you know, with Mike Brown. You know, I deleted so many people. Some some of these people I've been knowing for years, uh, black, white, you know, Hispanic, um, Native American. I deleted them off my Facebook, you know, just for spewing that. What about black on black crime rhetoric and uh, talking about how black folks could um, basically, you know, make all this noise about cops killing us legally. But we don't talk about, you know, the killings in Chicago. We don't talk about the killings in North Omaha. There is always a march. There's always a protest going on or some kind of community event to bring the community together in North Omaha. But you don't hear about that because you don't fucking live there, you know. And so and then also, you know, if a uh, fucking uh, little Crip Crip shoot a uh, young blood thug, you know, little Crip Crip is going to jail. You know what I'm saying? A cop kills a black man. He's going to be on paid leave. They're going to they're gonna investigate themselves. And then he's going to be right back on the streets, you know, harassing folks, feeling like he's the Teflon Don. So, you know, I, like I said, I deleted so many of them people. I don't argue with folks like that. I just delete them. You know, people are hitting me up with a message on Facebook or Twitter like, hey, why you stop following me? Or how come we're not friends anymore? Or, you know, I just block them. You know, I just block them. You can't even see nothing. Like that's it. My name won't even pop up once you search it on Facebook. You know, I deleted a couple folks who were uh, posting that coon. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Gentry, uh, that that black pastor that they always have on Fox News, uh, cooning it up. Uh, what what the hell is that that guy's name? Let me look it up real quick. Y'all bear with me just for a second here. Let's see here. Oh man, let's see here. Gentry, Gentry. I was about to say Alvin Gentry, like the uh, the basketball coach, but it's not. Uh, let's see here. Jonathan Gentry. Yeah, Pastor Jonathan Gentry. Now, you have to watch the jig, okay? Now, when you have these these coons up here, like Stacey Dash, um, Sheriff Clark, and this Gentry fella, they will make a video, you know, condemning black folks. 
and you have to watch who posts that video. A lot of times it's, uh, it's, it's low-key white supremacists who post those videos who pose as liberals. And uh, I caught a couple of them on my friends list, uh, what was that, uh, like last week doing that. You know, they were posting that and people were commenting under it. I couldn't have said it better myself. And that's the jig right there. If it's coming out of a black person's mouth, they, they're, they're saying they're just, they're just a puppet. That's all they are. That's what these coons are, a puppet. So you watch that jig and, you know, those people who post those kind of videos, they're letting you know how they really feel about you. You know, they, they're fine with the system that's in place. They feel like black folks are just complaining. And the coons, they, they will throw anybody up under the bus just to get that paycheck. But you know what? Cooning is not going to save you. It is not. It is not. It's going to get you some airtime. It's going to get you a couple of dollars. But you know what? God forgives. We don't. That's what I actually have to say to these coons. Because, you know, it, every single time it happens, you know, there's something. There's always an, there's always a situation where you'll see a coon who's who's condemning black folks and all this other stuff. And then they'll they'll face white supremacy head on and deal with some kind of event where they're discriminated against. And then here they come. Oh, I experienced racism firsthand. It is wrong. And they start trying to, you know, get black folks to, to come in and help them out. And no, dog, we're cool. We're cool. And, you know, people be, uh, you know, people when the, uh, they, they first meet me and they, you know, and they see my page and things like that. And they see my wife. You know, I had some uh, some conversations with folks online and Twitter. You know, I had to delete them. You know, they thinking because, you know, they thinking because I have a white life. I'm about that coon life. So I'll get a nigga coming into my mentions, you know, trying to talk crazy about, you know, man, this is, you know, black on black violence is, is all this other nonsense. It's like, dog, I'm not a coon and my ladies are right. So we're all about justice. So I need you to get the fuck on. So you always hit them with a quick block. But it's one of those things where it's not going to save you it's not you up here you know buck dancing you know doing a jig doing a soft shoe and uh condemning black folks it's not going to work it's not going to work everybody sees through it everybody sees through the rhetoric everybody knows how to combat this what about black on black crime you guys are your worst own enemies uh we need to we need to do this we need to fix ourselves everybody wants to you know you know condemn black folks and tell them what they need to do and nobody's showing them how to do it and you know many a podcast i told you what we need to do and how to do it so only thing we have to do is come together and make it work and we have to stop spending so much time online trying to convert coons like that's one thing that we have to stop doing is trying to convince a coon you know why black lives matter why we need to build our own parallel economy and why we need to circulate our dollars and why we need to block vote. You know, they know what's going on. They know the jig. This is all a game to them until, like I said, they face racism head on right in front of their face. And then, you know, they're trying to crawl back and be like, hey, guys, hey, uh, I was just discriminated against. Uh, what should we do about this? Bro, you on your fucking own. And speaking of circulating dollars. Uh, what was going on with all these black folks complaining about Funplex? Uh, Funplex had the Jim Crow sign out front, and I don't know why black folks was complaining. I mean, why are you going to spend your dollars with an establishment, you know, that don't want you there? You work hard for your money. Why the fuck are you complaining about it and talking about how I'm still going to show up? But, I mean, what are you doing? You're still giving your money to an establishment that don't want you there. So I've seen many of people posting this uh, picture that uh, Funplex had up front. And the picture was basically saying, no plain color t-shirts, no sagging pants, no baggy clothes, no dangling jewelry, no flat bill hats with stickers, no drug, gang affiliated attire and tattoos. So I can't come to Funplex with my tattoos. Like I have a Bible scripture on my left arm and I have God forgives I don't behind my left ear and some sticks of dynamite on my right wrist. So they could basically say to me, I believe you're in a gang. I believe you're in a Christian thug gang and we don't want you in here. So that's that's like going back to the days of the old shark club up there. It's not too far from uh, Funplex when uh, they would all, they would always find out what black folks were wearing and they would put it on their sign. And, you know, saying that you can't come in here dressed with a white tee. 
can't come in here and rock with her. You can't come in here and woo with her. You can't come in here with a Pelly Pelly. You can't come in here in white Air Force Ones, all white shoes. You can't come in here with the flat bill hats with the stickers. No baggy clothes. You can't come in here with a sports attire on. And you will go to the door and you got the the uh, bouncer, you know, uh, giving you the third degree. And you look in there and there's some dusty ass meth head looking dude on the dance floor and a dirty wife beater. Some holy ass jeans and some fucking Air Force Ones that were supposed to be white, but they look like the color of butter. And he in there just getting his jig and dance on. And you're like, oh, you let my mans in, but not me. And it's just like, hey, hey, rules are rules. And that's when... You know, that's when I really realized that, hey, I'm trying to pay y'all for me to have a good time, but you don't, and I'm up here arguing with you to take my fucking money. And that's when you just have to wake up like, all right, fuck you. You know, you're not getting my dollars. You're not getting shit from me. You can keep this as corny as you fucking want it, but, you know, that's, it is what it is. I'm not going to beg anybody to take my fucking money and black folks. We really have to stop doing that. I mean, it's fine to boycott, it's, it's fine to make noise about that, but what bothers me is when you when you convert to that or you want to be hard-hitting, like, I'm going to show them, I'm going to still go in here, and all this other shit. They, they don't want you fucking there. Why are you spending your hard-earned money to an establishment that don't want you there? That reminds me back, going back to the civil rights, you know, movement, you know, that was the... That was the thing black folks was hooting and hollering about. You know, I want to spend my money in white places. And at the time, Brother Malcolm was shunned for it, but he was talking about black folks need to, you know, we need to get money from the government to start creating our own jobs. You know, instead of begging these white folks for money and for jobs and things of that sort, because it's not it's not being truthful. It's not living in harmony. You're forcing somebody to do something that they don't want to do. That's not true brotherhood. If you're putting a gun in somebody's back and you're like, hey, you got to be friends with this guy. That ain't true friendship. That's not true brotherhood. That's not that's not true harmony. It has to be natural. It has to occur naturally. But. It is what it is. I'm I'm ranting and I'm going on about a damn hour just ranting and I ain't even got to selling hope like dope and selling hope like dope is I guess your man Lamar Odom. I mean, as you guys know, he was uh he was on a plane trying to fly somewhere, drunk as a skunk, throwing up. They said when he was running up to the front he was putting his palms on people's heads when they were sitting down and he was running through the aisles throwing up and shit. And then uh even before that, a few weeks before uh, Chloe kicked him out the mansion because she found the fucking crack pipe and my man's needs help. You know, we thought he got better. You know, we thought they were going to work it out and my man is sad out here. You know, he, he went back to the dusty nigga tactics, you know, the dusty nigga uh, characteristic. His daddy was a swerve, started back building a relationship with his daddy. We witnessed that on uh, Chloe and Lamar and his daddy got him on that rock and you just look at him now, just looking like a goddamn fool out here you know he was looking pretty good at kobe's last game in uh, staples center but now he's out here just being a fucking bum i don't even know if he got any money left and it's sad to see that and we're just watching a man spiral out of control and the people around him should be a, a be a fucking shamed of themselves for letting my man out here just be a fucking swerve you know the little money that he do have y'all should get him in rehab and, you know, y'all really have to take care of him. But I feel like everybody around him is just going to be with him until that money fall off. And it's very sad. It's it's, it's very sad to see that. So, uh, you know, it's sad to say, but, you know, he was selling hope like dope. We thought, he, you know, we was like, we was riding for him. We was like, okay, Lamar's looking good and all this. And then he pulled his shit, found a crack pipe at his mansion that Chloe let him stay in. And then he's up here throwing up, getting pissy drunk and just being a damn buffoon and it all started because he wanted to you know everybody's pushing him to have a relationship with his daddy you know all of his friends was telling him that and uh, his even his wife you know somebody need his daddy but his daddy was a goddamn fiend so you don't need to be around that when you have money and then he just dragged him down and now look at him it's a goddamn shame so hopefully lamar gets some help you know we all gonna pray for him and uh you know, it is what it is. I mean, you got to hold this L, too, matter of fact. And then uh, just uh, not all heroes wear capes. Um, no, uh, I'm not. Well, you already know where I'm going. It's uh, Tim Duncan, uh, one of the uh, greatest power forwards of all time. Uh, one of my favorite players. You know, he's only third third to uh, Mike A.I., 
you know, third to Mike and AI. That goes Mike, AI, and Tim Duncan. Those are my those are my top three favorite players. And after that is Shaq and Kobe. But um, yeah, one of my favorite players ever. Um, just humble, fierce. Uh, he he reminded me of you know like an old school dude who just you know he brought his lunch to work. You know, just he was ready to go to work, ready to give somebody that work, and um, you know. Oh, he's the only player in NBA history to win, you know, title a title in three different decades. You know, in the late '90s, he won the first one in '99, and then in the early 2000s, you know, from old, from 2000 to 2009, they won what three? Uh, what in 2003, 2005, 2007? And then he won one in the teens in 2014. I felt like he should have retired then, um, but you know, he still has some fight in him. You know, he still was doing his thing, you know, in his last game in the semis against OKC this year. He dropped 19 points, and I think he had 10 boards, 10 or 11 boards. And he still could produce, which was dope. And he still was a defensive beast, Um, you know, top 10 in some categories, you know, as far as blocks and uh, rebounds in the top top 20 as far as scoring. And uh, under Tim Duncan and uh, Greg Popovich, they won 71% of their games, which is crazy. That's the best span in almost 20 years, 19 seasons. Uh, just a great player, number 21. Just, uh, you know, always went to work, you know. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a wrap for Tim once he blew out his knee. And uh, they started really, you know, focusing on Tony Parker being the face of the franchise in the, you know, in the late 2000s uh, before they got to the teens when he blew his knee out. And, you know, he came back with a vengeance, but he was comfortable, you know, letting Tony Parker, you know, be that scoring option. And you saw that in 07 when we won that title against LeBron um, and the Cavs, you know. Um, you know, Tony Tony Parker was balling and so was Tim Duncan. And then uh, when we won in 2014, when uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, uh, got the finals MVP, Tim was pretty much on Kawhi's heels as far as being a finals MVP. But, you know, when he took that pay cut after he blew out his knee, he wanted the best for the franchise and he wanted to keep winning. You know, he wanted to keep that, 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 uh, that culture of winning, you know, cause he could have, he could have easily tried to be selfish and, you know, argue with the front office about, you know, he's a max deal player and all this other shit. And you know, they, they probably would have shipped him off somewhere, but you know, he knew that winning was more important than anything, you know, and, uh, you really don't see that, you know, nobody ever burned his Jersey, um, you know, uh, 19 seasons with the same team and 71% win. Uh, that's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy, and it's just hats off to, like I said, um, one of my top three players um, right behind MJ and AI. Um, yeah, just much love and respect to him, and uh, it's going to be a rebuilding season for my Spurs, uh, which is fine. You know, I ain't going to expect too much. I'm going to expect a lot out of Kwai, but um, as far as, you know, individual achievements, I would like to see him, you know, um, you know, get another uh, Defensive Player of the Year award. I also would like to see him, you know, uh, just just kind of work on work on just being being more comfortable being that dominant force. You know, as far as offensively he is, but I know the system that we use is, you know, uh, not take a good shot, take the best shot, and that might not be you taking that shot. But you know, I really want to see Kawhi step it up. You know, he really he's really a beast on defense like Scottie Pippen, and I want him to see be on offense like him. Um, I know that's wishful thinking, but I feel like he does have that cold-bloodedness in him. And, uh, yeah, but shout-out to Tim Duncan. You know, um, this is a new era for our Spurs fans. Uh, I've been a fan uh, even before um, <clears throat> Tim Duncan got drafted. Uh, I was used to watching that Wake Forest, you know, because uh, I remember them telling the story of him being a swimmer down in uh, St. Croix, and he only started playing basketball because uh, – there was a, I don't know if there was a tsunami or something wiped out the uh, the complex where he used to swim in, but he really wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, but, you know, he just started hooping and he became the big fundamental, you know, he really grasped the fundamentals of basketball, and, but uh, like I said before that, it was, you know, Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott, uh, D-Rob, David Robinson, uh, The Worm, Dennis Rodman, you know, he had them, that's when he started dying his hair all crazy, but I was always a fan of David Robinson just because he was he was vicious in the paint but you know he always you know gave thanks to God you know gave the glory to God you know he wasn't 
he wasn't all about me, me, me. He always, you know, gave thanks to God first. And, you know, that's that's something that I grew up with, you know, always giving praise and giving thanks to the most high. So that's what made me become a Spurs fan. You know, I always caught up in the Bulls hype because I grew up in the 90s. You know, who wasn't a part of that hype, you know. But, um, yeah, so shout out to Tim Duncan. Not all heroes wore capes. You know, nothing but much love and respect for you, fam. All right, so moving on to uh, health over wealth. You always know what I say. Without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. So I got a major key alert. Hopefully DJ Khaled don't sue me. Um, but a major key is uh, Lisa Nichols. I uh, stumbled upon her uh, about uh, what about a couple weeks ago. So I've been listening to a lot of her lectures. And just some of the jewels she be dropping are just like super deep. Um, so... I mean, they're, the jewels ain't even deep. They're just super bright and shiny. Like, you can see them from, like, from space. Um, so I want y'all to just start YouTubing Lisa Nichols and uh, start creating I am statements about yourself, very positive ones daily. And, um, you know, say it until you believe it, you know, because visualization is everything. You know, we got a lot of bullshit going on in the world today and it's kind of dividing us. So I need everybody to be the best you that you can be. So uh, this quote comes from uh, Lisa Nichols and it says, we tend to shrink ourselves so people around us can feel comfortable with our fabulosity. I choose not to apologize for my greatness. So just keep that in mind. You know, a lot of times we do kind of dumb down ourselves to make other folks feel comfortable. I know a lot of times uh, a lot of my black folks and a lot of my poor folks, you know, we'd be scared to leave that circle behind. You'd be scared to succeed because you feel like you can't relate to those who you grew up with. or And some of those people are even family members. You get, you get comfortable in the struggle. You know, and uh, you, you got to be you got to you have a vision, you have a dream, you have goals, you know, you have to set out to, you know, make it happen, you know, stop slumming it. You know, a lot of times we just get so comfortable, not even comfortable, but if you think about it, you, you really live in your fear. You know, you got all these goals and these hopes and dreams and you're not chasing them. And so each day you're just living your fear, you know, being at a job that you hate, you know, not doing what you need to do to handle your business and to live the life that you want to live. And then, you know, you're also letting your your your, your star be dim because you're blocking your blessings. And I told y'all last episode, stop blocking your blessings and open up your arms and to receive those blessings. And, you know, stop being, you know, your own worst enemy, you know. Um, so, you know, stop slumming it. You know, those people, you're not leaving them behind. You're just growing. And, uh, you know, a lot of us learn some very bad money habits growing up. And we really have to let those go and we have to grow, you know. So, um, you know, I'm sad to say, but everything that your, your folks teach you, you know, uh, parents or OGs or whoever taught you might not be true growing up. You know, once you get become an adult, you know, a lot of times we, uh, you know, we let money burn a hole in our pocket. You know, we, we spend as soon as we get it. We don't think about the rainy days or we don't think about funding our dream, you know, towards financial freedom. And doing, trying to get paid doing what we love and trying to get that startup capital just because of some bad money habits. Um, so that's just one one example. But, you know, stop letting your star dim. You know, be who you are 100 percent in and out. Don't let nobody compromise you. Don't compromise yourself. And, you know, if you make it out, you will make it out. You know, if you just, you know, start making small changes day by day. Uh, conquering those you know conquering a step you know quit looking at the big picture just start attacking each step and then next thing you know you'll be living the life that you really want to live and you know people from your block or people from your circle but like, yo you made it you know you might inspire them you know and sometimes you have to you know not tell anybody your dream and what you plan on doing because a lot of times you know they'll shit on it because they don't see your vision and the, the key word is it's your vision you know, nobody else has that vision, you know, God, the universe, whatever you want to say, you know, gave you that gave you that vision and you know how to get to there and you know what it is, you know, keep it to yourself until you actually start, you know, seeing some results, you know, or just let your actions speak, you know, because a lot of times we do tell people our dreams and, you know, it might be like a family member, somebody you respect and they just shoot that shit down and say that you need to keep working that bum ass job and getting that steady paycheck and, you know, don't ruffle feathers and things like that. But you know what? You need to change your world. So that's all I really got to say. Um, much love and respect to everybody out there. And uh, I will see y'all next week. One.
I can't really do shit because they got me handcuffed. I can't believe they just did this. I'm fucking... Fucking fire! Ah! It's okay, I'm right here with you. Now. What we've been doing is looking at the data, and we know that police somehow managed to de-escalate, disarm, and not kill white people every day. So what's going to happen is we are going to have equal rights and justice in our own country or we will restructure their function and ours. Let's take a moment to stand and observe the hell we live in. No matter how hot a fire, it never melt the system. Some could help but didn't. We fill up the jails and prisons. You don't believe that's a business, only yourself you're kidding. But now they're killing our people, it's all on television. Them cops went home to their people, turn on the television. I tell my son, careful what you learn on television. He 15, he don't know what I mean. Don't know about yet. Doubt and suspect, outset to controlled outlets from those who don't want to let us out yet. Land of the free, the home of the brave, nah. Can't let us be, we've grown from slaves It's there if you wanna read, I mean it's all on the page Say it's police, I just know when it's racing That's thrown in our face Maybe I'm lost, signs are vital to me Sandra Bland didn't come off as suicidal to me Y'all play around thinking we on safe ground They killed Tamir Rice and his rights right on that playground Eric was selling cigarettes, I can't breathe It was said the bigger threat he was a nigga, I bet But listen, last year I went to church with my mother Faye We sat behind Miss Gardner and it was Mother's Day She sat strong inside, I cried for her My eyes sucking the water as I was hugging his daughter Philando Castile told him he had a weapons permit Was murder moments after without a complexion permit That's bloodshed with his daughter in the car I'm only upset for our sons and daughters tomorrow Question, how many cities we gotta march through? Signs we gotta hold up, or are they trying to provoke us? Cause when them nines load up and landmines blow up And the crime don't slow up, they'll chime in and say they told us Or is it only a crime when done by poll us? Fool for thought, my mind don't run off a of cold cuts Raw and evident, out and was off heaven sent Recorded negligence, they just ignore the evidence It make it seem as if we in your way Maybe the government is governed by the NRA That will make a diseased capital And need a capital They even legalize for the capital But be black, selling the street They get mad at you, casually clap at you It's Uncle Sam saying taxes due our epidemic systemic Black Panther fist at the Olympics They just condemn it, hold up Said the Klan marched in Piedmont Even worse, they were protected by police arms And Baton Rouge just pictures of them in riot gear It tells me they know it's plenty reason to riot there Yet we just keep on praying while still feeling it Racism still alive, now they not concealing it Revamp shackles are gone, now we get house slippers And all us millionaires are the house niggas I ain't the only ones naked of urban outfitters White people seeing us they even down with us They saying let's make America great again I'm curious, what time would you like to place us in? Were we degraded then? Did they enslave us then? Or is it ignorant for me to even say again? If it's civil war, then what are we civil for? If this is freedom to y'all, you better get us some more Here go called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius, and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit. Fruit. Fruit.